there is a, a disinformation program, literally, for everyone, no matter who you are and what, what your interests are, uh, what your beliefs are, uh, which, which way you're focusing. There is a website set up just for you to take you in and to vector your thinking and your attention into the way that they want you to think. You are listening to Radio Free Signs of the Times, broadcasting into the heart of an occupied America. Welcome to this week's Signs of the Times podcast. I'm Joe. I'm Scott. And I'm Laura. And Henry is out on a secret assignment and shall return next week. This week, we are going to discuss, unsurprisingly, the recent elections in the U.S. That is the uh, elections for the Congress and the Senate, which just happened yesterday. And as we are speaking, um, the final vote for the for who is going to have uh, control of the Senate is not are not in. But it looks like there is something of a sea change uh, in that control of both houses will be uh, transferred to the Democrats. Now, reading some of the comments on websites, on news websites, um, comments by readers of news, of news websites, there is a sense, a strong sense, that a lot of people are somewhat hardened, let's say, by this news. There is a sense that people uh, believe that this is really going to have a, a, a change or make a change and have an effect in the way that the uh, US government, the Bush government, is uh, running things at the minute in terms of Iraq, in terms of domestic policy, in terms of pretty much everything. Uh, it's the old idea that... Um, there really is uh, a two-party system in the U.S. Uh, anymore and that um, there really is any difference between uh, Republicans and Democrats these days. Um, we, as you will find out over the next 20 or 30 minutes, have a slightly different opinion on that. So if you read the science page for Wednesday the 8th of November you'll have got an idea of what uh, what our feelings are on this uh, change in American politics. Um, but we're going to get into the finer details of, of um, our opinion on that and what we think this really means uh, for America and for, sadly, for the world, because that is the, the scope of American influence these days. Uh, what America does affects just about everybody else. Sad fact is that... Um there is no democracy in America. There hasn't been a democracy in America since John Kennedy was assassinated. And those of you who have been reading the science page know that I'm a little bit occupied with John Kennedy right now and have been writing a series of articles and including uh, excerpts from the uh, mysterious book Farewell America, which is supposed to have been written by elements of French and possibly even Russian intelligence uh, describing, you know, who, where, what, and how, and why Kennedy was assassinated. But there was a coup d'etat 
back on that November day in 1963, and the same elements that were involved in the assassination of Kennedy have been running the show ever since. So there really is no democracy. It's all a show, and if you think about it, you know it's necessary for them to make this show. It's necessary for them to put on this performance to uh, to keep people placated. It's it's basically American politics is the circus part of Aldous Huxley's bread and circuses, you know, a truly scientific di- dictatorship, and that's what there is in America. There's a scientific dictatorship. And it's uh, it's kept going. It's kept in place with bread and circuses. So yesterday we just had another example of the circus, of the um, the farce of the so-called changing of the guard. Everybody is really unhappy with Bush and the gang and, and the, uh, uh, the groundswell of opposition was getting just a little bit too big and a little bit too powerful and making a little too much noise for them to be comfortable because, of course, if all the people uh, over which they rule were to actually wake up and turn against them, they would be in serious trouble. So they they create these little dramas called elections and changing of... Uh, uh, of representatives and so forth, you know, just to keep people busy, just to keep people, you know, hopeful, and just to make them think that there actually is a democracy. The whole thing with you know the run up to the election and, and Bush was was you know kind of getting into a little bit more hot water and everything. It, it's almost kind of a farce because when you look at like the the uh, the Military Commissions Act, uh, you know, I mean, when that was passed and and you know and other similar things that you know they sort of pushed through you know in the months leading up to the elections and and. You know, there were these various news items where it was, you know, it, it pretty much seemed that, you know, even though there was this pressure that was that was being increased on the Bush administration, they were still getting away with all kinds of stuff. And and not only that, but there were all kinds of Democrats who were supporting, you know, the torture. Falling of, in line. Yeah, I mean, they were doing exactly what they've always done, just like, like they supported. McCain. Yeah, I mean, they they supported the invasion and occupation of Iraq. They continue to do so. And, I mean, it's – so it's it's – it's it's a joke. I mean, Nancy Pelosi comes along and says, "Oh well, we're going to change our direction on Iraq," and gives no attention whatsoever to the chief thing that concerns the American people, which is corruption in government. Obviously, when people say in exit polls that they're concerned about corruption in government, they they undoubtedly have in mind the fact that they know that George Bush lied about weapons of mass destruction. They have in mind. Uh, you know, all the many scandals uh, related to the various Republicans, which indicate that these are, you know, totally conscienceless uh, criminals in charge of our country and that this is the thing that concerns Americans. They are concerned about criminals being in charge of the country. Nancy Pelosi comes along and says, oh, well, you know, I'm not in favor of impeaching Bush or, you know, doing anything, but... uh, you know, maybe we'll get some investigations going. I mean, come on, what a joke. I mean, the first thing the woman needs to say is, okay, you know, uh, it, it's showtime. Let's, let's let's start impeachment proceedings. Let's start some, some major independent, and I mean really independent, investigations of 9-11. Because 9-11, come on, this is what got us into the Iraq war. So, I mean, let's go back to ground zero. Let's investigate 9-11. Let's, let's, let's impeach Bush, you know. Let's, let's do what... Uh, do what the American people want done. They want the corruption cleaned up right to the top and right to the bottom. And Pelosi comes along and just gives us lip service. Oh, you know, well, I'm going to be the Speaker of the House. I mean, come on, she's third in line to the presidency now. And speaking of 9-11, it was particularly curious, I thought, that 
one day before the elections, these uh, uh, Zionist neocons, these Ziocons, if you will, came out, uh, Richard Pearl and um, another, uh, you know, a handful of other uh, these these Ziocon types, they came out and they, it was a, an article in Vanity Fair. They were pretty much, you know, gunning for Bush and, and you know, it, it, they were pretty critical. Uh, of course, you know, they were the ones who obviously helped to push, you know, the whole uh, the invasion of Iraq and Afghanistan and all. I mean, they, they've been sort of, you know, behind things, sort of pushing things all along from, you know, from from what we can see. They were his big supporters. They were the architects of what he does. You know? yeah. Now they're criticizing him. What's up with that? And yet the day before the election, they come out and, and this stuff gets published. And then they, they published uh, these rebuttals and said uh, – Oh, you know, we, you know that wasn't very, very fair uh, of, of Vanity Fair to do that, and and you know we were quoted out of context, and uh, also we didn't think that our comments would be published until January, you know, you know, oh, yeah, several right. months after the elections, <laughs> and so you know here you have sort of this clever little maneuver where you know they know that you know Bush is in trouble, and of course, I mean, you know, these guys, you know, when you talk about like the Zionist cabal, you know, they don't really care if it's you know Republican, Democrat, it's all the same as long as their goals. Are achieved, you know. I mean, they'll just use Bush, or they'll use Pelosi, or they'll use whoever to further their ends, and you know that hasn't changed. And I understand they've got Pelosi right in their pocket anyway. I mean, she was reported uh, prior to the election reassuring everyone that you know the uh, uh, the policy towards Israel will change not one whit. You know, if the Democrats come to power, they're you know they're all bought and paid for, or yeah. blackmailed. Yeah. So that I mean that gets to. Uh that's an explanation of of um, why we th- why we're saying that there, there will be no change regardless of who is in power in in the U.S. Um, they're uh, not really in power. That's the thing. Yeah. Well, that's probably that gets to the heart of the it. They're just the puppets. Um, yeah. And as you say, Nancy Pelosi is a long term supporter uh, of Zionism. She uh, she's on record. Over the past number of years, speaking to speaking at APAC conferences, um, stating over and over again that uh, America's commitment to the safety and security of the state of Israel is unwavering, and that nothing will ever change. So, this, but this, this is this is the one aspect that isn't talked about. You know, I mean, Laura's mentioned even uh, um, you know the Iraq War and even corruption. In the U.S., um, sure, there may even be people who are uh, will come out on the ticket of you know we're going to stop corruption in government, we're going to stop the Iraq War, we're going to we're going to pull the troops out. But no one uh, in U.S. politics has a, has any uh, any opinion that wavers from full and uh, unwavering support of the state of Israel, and that points us exactly to like we're saying the real power behind U.S. politics. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Well, this morning, I, uh, after I got up, I, uh, I was expecting to come down and check on the state of the elections and see what had happened. But before I could even find anything out about uh, how people had voted or what way it was going, I was confronted with um, a story from Palestine, from Gaza, specifically from the town of Beit Hanun, uh, were uh, in the early hours of, of this 8th of November, Wednesday, they, um, the Israeli military 
fired several tank shells um, into the village of about 35,000 people. Uh, on a, to a, to a, into a 35, group. 35,000 or 3,500? 35, 35,000. 35,000? Mm-hmm. Fired uh, tank shells and hit um, several houses, uh, killing 20 people as they slept in their beds. Nine, at least nine or ten of which were children. Uh, all of them innocent civilians, but as far as we're concerned, they're, uh, everyone in Palestine are, are innocent civilians. Um, sure, there's militants, but they are fighting a just cause uh, against an oppressor. So um, this was an act of, of of mass murder, and it is no surprise that this happened on the day that uh, the news uh, websites and the newspapers uh, were going to be dominated by reports of what had happened in the in the in the elections in the U.S. It was a very cynical ploy. Of course, the Israeli propaganda machine, the Israeli military, the Israeli media, and the Israeli government uh, immediately claimed that this was a case of an accident. Uh, but no Israeli uh, government official or military official could uh, be found uh, who was willing to express any kind of real regret or remorse for killing 20 innocent Palestinians, 10 of them children, uh, blowing them to pieces, literally, uh, pools of blood in the street. <coughs> So the fact is, this is very much connected, although it hasn't really appeared. It's been sidelined to a large extent by the by the elections, but this is very much connected to what we're talking about, to the U.S. elections, this murder of 20 Palestinians. And the elections, I mean, it, it, as we're saying, it goes right to the heart of the people or the group that controls uh, political power within the U.S. Well, it was kind of like a statement, you know. I mean, everybody is occupied with the election and... And it's a perfect time for Israel to make a statement about, you know, what they're going to do and what they're going to continue to do and and uh, and what they're capable of doing. And, of course, their their excuse that it was, a, it was a mistake. I mean, didn't they use that an awful lot when they were bombing the hell out of Lebanon? You know, oh, well, it was just a mistake. It was an, I mean, for being supposedly, you know, the smartest bunch of people on the planet, as, you know, as is quite often touted by they themselves. Yeah, how do you uh, mistakenly uh, kill 1,400 people? They, they make so many mistakes that, that it's, it's absolutely unbelievable how many they make. Well, it's not believable. That's the bottom well, line. It's yeah, completely unbelievable. It. And then uh, at the same time, then you have this this other event that happened over in Pakistan, where what thirty five people were killed by a, a, a quote suicide bomber unquote, and uh, you know all of this happening on election day, which is basically just telling us it's business as usual. People, there is no change. There is no there is no uh, democracy. In America, there is uh, there is not a new group in power. It is just the same thing under a different name. There's an interesting question that comes out of all of this, and that uh, is, what do we think may happen next? Because, of course, uh, there were a lot of predictions about a new 9/11 type event, some kind of a of a uh, terrorist attack or faked false flag terrorist attack in the U.S. But uh, at this point, it seems that the psychological ploy of uh, changing the government is sufficient to put most people back to sleep to make them think that the system is working 
And now uh, they just have to spend some time uh, waiting to see what the new, uh, the new, the new Democratic power uh, coalition is going to do. They're all going to take care of Bush. They're going to uh, get us out of the mess that we're in. They're going to give back some uh, some money to the, the poor people or the middle classes. They're going to uh, give a tax deduction for college education expenses. They're going to uh, allow Medicare to uh, uh, you know reduce the cost of drugs. They're going to try to get stem cell research back online. You know all of these things that uh, you know are like bread being handed out in the midst of the circus, uh, giving the giving the people these things. Oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. You know, forget about the fact that you're all upset over the corruption. And uh, so, for a little while, I think that what's going to happen is is that this is going to calm people down enough. It's going to take the pressure off. It's going to take the heat off. It's letting some steam out of the cooker. So that uh, they can buy some time, because of course they're not—they're not quite ready for their big move yet. But I don't, for a minute, think that it's going to really change anything significantly in the U.S. Because uh, the Democrats—I uh, I don't see them going into Congress and saying, "Okay, now you turkeys—you know—you pass this uh, military tribunal law. We're going to undo that. You pass this uh, illegal." Uh, eavesdropping law. We're going to undo that. Uh, you passed this Patriot Act law, and you instituted this, uh, you know, virtually martial law, even though it's not called that. You know, so now we're going to undo that. You know, those are the things that they should be doing. Those are the first things that should be on their agenda to completely uh, repeal the Military Tribunal Act, the Illegal uh, Eavesdropping Act, and to actually to repeal the Patriot Act. These things should be done, and and most definitely the torture bill. All of these things should be the first things on the agenda for these Democrats to repeal. And let's see if they do even one of them. And I'm willing to bet you dollars to donuts they don't touch any of it because they are still pushing the same agenda. Well, of course, the problem with that is that uh, the problem with the idea that they would repeal repeal any of these is that uh, a majority of Democrats in most of those cases, actually voted for those measures, for those draconian measures. Um, and so they voted for those measures with millions of their constituents writing in, phoning, uh-huh. faxing, and saying, we are against it. You yeah. know, those were the things that the people, the people of the U.S. are against. And they are not being represented by their representatives in any way whatsoever in, in the Congress of the United States. Well, what we see is that uh, over the past six years, Bush has used, or the Bush government has used 9-11 and the whole uh, war on terrorism to pass all of these uh, uh, draconian measures that are essentially the, the preparation step before an overt kind of police state where uh, a dictatorship we, where, where the government can basically uh, do whatever it chooses. Uh, and there are a lot of provisions for... Um, Control, complete control being handed to the executive government in the event of another terror attack. So it's all in place. The only thing that's missing is another terror attack or perhaps another war because everyone knows in the... In the in there, is, there is one thing that occurs to me that uh, was mentioned right away in, uh, in some of the Democratic uh, 
talking points that were reported in the news today, and they were talking about the illegal immigration. Now, the funny thing about this illegal immigration is that it has been made such an issue of. I mean, there are so many patriot groups and patriot websites and everything, and they're ranting and raving, illegal immigration, oh, this is a terrible thing, you know, they're taking our jobs. Well, come on, illegal immigrants are not taking your jobs. You don't have any jobs because the United States government gives so many tax breaks for corporations that set up operations offshore that you know it's cheaper and better and they make more money if they build their factories in in Mexico or China or Thailand or somewhere in Malaysia you know it's really strange that the the Mexican people are coming across the border into the United States when all the factories where they could be getting jobs are down in Mexico to begin with or China or wherever so they've been making this huge issue about illegal immigration and i i really don't think that it's the problem that it is made out to be. I think that this is a cover for something because, you know, they do have all of these interesting little uh, holiday camps built by Halliburton and and set up uh, basically on the same model as concentration camps back during Nazi Germany. And who's to say that this isn't a setup to start uh, to start rounding people up under the guise of rounding up illegal immigrants. Because, of course, when you read the stories about the building of these of these camps, uh, they talk about them being used for, for housing illegal immigrants. So they start rounding them up as illegal immigrants, and then, you know, how hard is it to just start throwing in, you know, political enemies, dissidents, you know, uh, Arab terrorists or... Well, you know, whatever you who enemy combatants, whoever you want to designate as being deserving of being put in a camp. So I think that this is this, this is a tack that the Democrats are going to follow. They're going to start uh, promoting the idea that they are going after illegal immigration, which is something that Bush didn't deal with at all. And and come on, there's no reason for him not to. I mean, he's all over enemy combatants and anybody who has a skin color other than a you know white Anglo-Saxon. So, you know, why was he allowing this to go on? Why was he why was he letting this distraction continue? Um, so I, that's what I think is going to happen. I think that's going to be a cover for the beginning. And, they, and they're going to test it on the public. They're going to start rounding up illegal immigrants and putting them in concentration camps. And, uh, well, they're going to call them detention centers, but it's the same thing. And they're going to see, you know, how the public responds to that. And then they're going to be picking up enemy combatants, and then they're going to be rounding up uh, so-called, you know, covert terrorists. And these terrorists are, are not going to be necessarily Arabic. They're going to be anybody who doesn't agree with the administration, with the government, with the government's policies. And uh, as long as people allow it to happen, first of all, to the immigrants whom they have been, you know, riled up to hate been riled up to think that they're stealing their jobs, stealing their food, stealing mm. their women. Oh, my God. So everybody's going to be happy to see these illegal immigrants go into these camps. And they're going to be happy to see whatever happens to them there, you know, be put to work. You know, they're going to be slave labor. And then it's just going to be like the frog in the pan of water. Yeah. It's, it's going to start. It's climatization to climatization of the population to imprisoning. Uh, Anybody who's different. Well, First of all, people living in America. 
mm-hmm. people who are living in America. First of all, it's illegal Americans, so people who are American residents who are actually American citizens can feel safe. But then that can be easily pushed towards if there's some kind of a protest or a demonstration or some kind of a, a, a problem arises and, and people are arrested, there's a mass protest, uh, then a lot of uh, American citizens could be imprisoned. So, I mean, th- th- as you say, the, uh, the illegal immigration thing uh, really is a, a, a fabrication. I mean, it's people are being told what uh, th- people are being told via the media what they fear, what they should fear. Mm-hmm. They're being told what they have a problem with. You guys and have a problem have with illegal immigration. Well, when, nobody when has have a we problem. Have been with able it. to t- trust the media? You know? Well, exactly. But I mean, it, it, and I mean, it's the same with terrorism. People are being told that uh, over the past six years, people have been told that they need to uh, hate and fear uh, Arabs, Muslims, terrorists, quote unquote. Uh, that was the first step. Then, as you say, this the next step towards um, essentially a fascist state where American citizens are imprisoned, where American citizens become the enemy. Uh, the next step is illegal immigrants because uh, it's it's a further step down the road from terrorists because terrorists are generally, um, you know, they're overseas. They're Arab terrorists. But at the same time, all of this happening at the same time, you've got – at the same time, you've got uh, the whole idea of domestic terrorism and then you've got illegal immigrants – and you've got detention centers, and, I mean, if you can't see where that's going, then you're blind. Yeah, and they've, and they've got to test on the population the idea mm-hmm. of putting people in camps simply for who they are, not necessarily because they're criminals. I mean, it's one thing to put terrorists in detention, and it's something else altogether mm-hmm. to start picking people up and putting them in literally prison camps mm-hmm. just... Because being, they are part of a group. Because they are part of a group. And, of course, that would include children in detention camps. And how easy is it going to be to acclimatize the American population to seeing camps with all age ranges of, of human beings who are in there just for being who they are, not because they've done anything wrong. This is this is what they did in Germany. This is what they did with the Jews. They created these camps, and then they 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 made the Jews uh, to be the pariahs, to be the scapegoats, and then they ha- and then they started putting them into these camps. I mean, old men, old women, you know, pregnant women, children, babies, you know, the whole nine yards, and and the whole German population was being acclimatized to having this done to a group of people who they saw were taking their money, taking their jobs, you know, causing problems in their economy, uh, taking things away from them. And this is exactly the label that's being put on the illegal immigrants in the U.S., and this is being done right in front of our faces, you know. So just just be aware, this is a red herring. But, yeah, that's kind of the perfect setup because, I mean, obviously the Bush administration and everyone else knows that the American economy is uh, it's not exactly in great shape. And, and, I mean, when you compare what, what, like, you know, even mainstream media outlets and what, like, Americans themselves are saying about the, the American economy right now uh, compared to what that was a year ago, I mean, it's clear that you know that uh, the economic situation has become a, a pretty grave concern, and so it's very easy to see how you know they they sort of talk up the whole illegal immigration thing, and then you know the economy starts to stumble a little bit, and it goes, and all of a sudden you know, and I mean, right now it may seem strange to people that you know, oh, you know, I, you know, we would never support you know rounding up illegal immigrants and putting them in camps, but what happens when the economy you know, the economy goes into the 
into the toilet and, you know, inflation, you know, goes up. And, I mean, you know, with the massive debt and everything, I mean, it's it would be, you know, many analysts have uh, predicted that uh, a crash that would, you know, that occurred in the U.S. right now, I mean, obviously it would affect the global economy, but uh, they've um, pretty much concluded that the, the situation in the U.S. right now would lead to a crash even worse than the Great Depression. So if you have all this, you know, this angst and this anger, and all of a sudden the whole situation changes, they blame it on the illegal immigrants, and, you know, that's like basically the test, which after an economic crash would not be, you know, and it, it probably wouldn't even have to be that big of a crash because they've pretty much set the stage, you know, even if it isn't like a big disaster, they've already set the stage with, with all the, you know, the anti-immigration and the, you know, the hostility and the racism and, so, I mean, it would be a, a very simple way to sort of, you know, you, you distract the people with, you know, getting some, you know, some Democrats in the office. Oh, things will change. And you distract them just long enough to get all your ducks in a row and... And start this little process. You and just it's, push it's, the domino over and it all starts... And it all starts to fall into place. And and if you think about it, it's really sad that, that, that so many people don't see this because um, the real problem with the American economy is... The fact that uh, legislation has allowed American companies to be, you know, American companies, but to not be in America, to outsource all their labor to, I mean, for example, many, many phone companies, many uh, collection agencies, many customer service companies, you know, many of those things, they outsource all of their labor to places like India and to Malaysia, Indonesia. Uh, because they can get the labor there really, really cheap. And they should be forced by legislation to keep those jobs in the United States because actually the only jobs that are, eventually the only jobs that will be left in the United States itself will be what they call the service industry, people who flip burgers at McDonald's or nurses, nurses' aides, doctors, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, the competition for those jobs, those minimalist jobs, among the American citizens is very high, and then and then of course you know you have these so-called illegal aliens who come along, and then they'll do it for less because it's more than what they were getting from the American companies with their factories in Mexico. Because at least in the United States they have to pay minimum wage. But then there's also the military, and then there's also the military as a last option. Sure, because uh, driving a driving a an economy into tank mode. Uh, makes the military extremely attractive. Uh, so many people will go into the military because there is no other place to go. There is no other way to have a living. And it's just an amazing coincidence that the Americans and the Israelis are planning uh, to expand their war on terror in which they will need a lot more soldiers. So it's really strange this is happening at about the same time. Yeah. So we've got, uh, basically we're... we're we're predicting that this issue about illegal immigration is going to be uh, a snow job and it's going to be an, an acclimatization process. It's going to lead ultimately to uh, some some pretty large operations, concentration camps that are going to uh, include not just illegal immigrants, but they're going to include uh, probably even homeless homeless Americans. They'll, they'll start putting them there also. I mean, it's not a big step to go from illegal immigrants to go to people, you know, who, who are living on the street because the economy has, has uh, treated them so badly that they're unable to keep their homes or their families together. And then you have uh, a large population of people who are going to be being kicked out of uh, hospitals because they, they, they no longer have any 
services to pay for their care, people being uh, released from mental hospitals because there's nothing to there's no services to pay for their care. And in fact, I read a story about this uh, happening. I believe it was in Los Angeles. Uh, what about a week ago? Where where they um, actually discovered that a hospital was taking patients and releasing them on Skid Row. They would uh, kick them out, and then they would turn them loose on Skid Row. And the reason it came to the attention of the media, and, and, it, and it didn't make a big splash, I mean, it died fairly quickly, was because one of the people that they kicked out of the hospital or, re- or released and dropped off on Skid Row actually happened to have a family and a home, and he just wasn't released to his family. His family was never contacted. They just drove him down to Skid Row and let him out on the street with his little bundle of goodies and said sayonara. So this is going to be happening also. These people are going to go in the concentration camps. And uh, it's not going to be long before uh, just about anybody is going to be subject to being ratted on by their neighbors because, of course, that was that was one of the main things about the, the so-called uh, vast and comprehensive network of the uh, of the SS during Nazi Germany. It wasn't that they were so vast and that they were so competent. It was because they had uh, a program where neighbors turned in other neighbors. And this is something that was uh, demonstrated. It was, it was a television documentary about it not too long ago where they pointed out they went through these old SS records and they discovered that the majority of the so-called intelligence collected by the SS was not really intelligence collected by agents it was people turning in their neighbors people turning in people down the street oh you know send a letter in say well you know so and so acts strange they come in late at night they they hang out with so and so and and then of course the person would be picked up interrogated put in a camp well and this a, this is going to happen well that, that has happened you know that's uh, i mean that happened because uh, an atmosphere of fear and suspicion was spread and um, I mean, you have the uh, oh, you anybody have the citizen- could be a terrorist. Yeah, and you, under the Patriot Act, you have the uh, citizen spooks uh, kind of program where where what you're exactly describing uh, happened in Nazi Germany is being promoted by the government that uh, um, children turning civil- in their parents. Yeah, civilians are are encouraged to keep an eye out because you never know about uh, Arab terrorists or you never know about uh, illegal immigrants, and you need to report these things to be a good citizen and. The ironic thing is that about all of this is that you mentioned that this this is what happened in Nazi Germany that the the Nazis um, told the population that the Jews and other minorities uh, were taking away their jobs and they were a threat to German society um, and this is exactly what we have in America at the minute and people uh, I'm sure people anybody who looks back at uh, at at the Second World War and, and leading up to the Second World War in, in Germany, they wonder, how can that have happened? How can people have been so blind? Well, you can look around you and see how it happened. Exactly. It's, it's hap- happening now. That, yes. I mean, that's, that's the amazing thing. You know, because people think that the, that the German people of the, of the time must have been, um, you know, they must, have, they must have been on drugs or something, that they just couldn't see it, you know. I mean, or it's hip- so, or hypnotized them. Yeah. I mean, it's so obvious in hindsight now. Why couldn't they have seen it? Look what was happening. How could they not have known that, that there was a plan to, uh, to commit the atrocities uh, and to do in Germany what the Nazis did. How could they not have seen that coming? Now, they didn't see it for exactly the same reasons that Americans aren't seeing it now. And what are those reasons? Fear. Well, 
they're it's 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 the age old question. Uh why don't people uh stop and think and look critically at things and make that leap to the idea that the people that have been elected to represent us, the people who are in power, who rule over us and who, who are supposedly our benefactors and our protectors, are in fact in it for themselves. Uh, many of them are in fact evil people. Uh, they've been corrupted by power or they were born corrupted. Uh, they are psychopaths and, uh, and they do not care. Uh, they could care less. They couldn't care less about the civilian population. They are so far removed from them. They see them as mere cattle to be used and abused. And they see them that way because that is the way the system has always been. I mean, you, in a way, you can't actually blame uh, these people, these, these powerful politicians and, and, and the elite, the so-called elite, elite uh, for seeing people in this way because people act in that way. People submit. People don't question. When they these people they. lie, people swallow it. They don't... So. You know, their judgment, their view of the ordinary people, as, as Kissinger called them, useless eaters, is to some extent, from one point of view, uh, an accurate portrayal of the average population. Now, you have to question or decide for yourself whether you want to be portrayed in that way or whether you want to be treated like a useless eater. And the thing is, this brings us right back around. The so-called useless eaters, as they refer to them, as Kissinger referred to them, the masses of population in America and elsewhere in the world, uh, they fear them. And that's why they have put on this stage play called an election, and they have made sure that their uh, vetted Democrats who uh, you know go by the label Democrats have been voted in. And, of course, we notice that uh, select Republicans also remained in, in, in their offices um, because there was no Democrat that they could control to run against them. And now we have, you know, supposedly a so-called sea change, and it is no sea change whatsoever. It is just simply business as usual. Meet the new boss, same as the old boss, just under a different name. Well, that about wraps it up for this week's Signs of Times podcast. Uh, if you'd like to read more information about the topics we've discussed tonight, you can visit the Signs page at signs-of-the-times.org. And you can also post to our forum, which is linked off of the homepage. And we'd also like to say before we go, uh, thank you to everyone who donated or signed up to our uh, monthly subscription service. We had a goal, and we reached, um, at this point, it's, we're, we, we got to about 40% of the way there, which uh, obviously... Um, it's not enough, but it's... Yeah, it's, it's, it's not enough, but it's, it's, it's enough to keep us going for, for now, and, and we, we do certainly appreciate... Uh, Everything g- given, Yeah, we, I mean, given, it, given the economic situation, which is you know, spreading all over the world, and we know that it, it, you know, it, it, it may have kind of hurt... So financially, so uh, we we definitely appreciate it, and also we appreciate all those who bought uh, our books and ebooks because the sales uh, after we launched our little fundraiser sales um, pretty much skyrocketed. So uh, that also helped a lot. So thank you all very much, and thank you again for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.